Hey there, book owls. My name is Corey, and welcome back to another episode of Lost in Plots presented by Owl Crate. It's a podcast where we dive headfirst into the books that keep us toppling into pages. Today, I'm joined by my co host, Jordan, and our lovely friend and creator of Owl Crate, Teresa, who happens to know a little bit about dark academia, which is our discussion today. Jordan, do you want to get started? Firstly, I have to say, hey, Teresa. And I feel like I missed the mark a little bit because I could have said divine and literary, right? For anybody who doesn't know, that is Teresa's Instagram handle. Shout out. out. I missed the mark completely there. But when Corey and I were thinking about who to talk to that knows a thing or two about dark, dark academia, we both immediately went Teresa. Absolutely. Dark academia is like what? pretty much my, I call it my comfort genre which is a little bit weird because it is there's dark in the title um but I feel like Teresa and I I feel like you and I we have some similar similar opinions slash maybe preferences when it comes to books so I'm excited to chat with you all about it today for sure Teresa first before we get started I have to ask you're a recent like grad student right I'm still in grad school <laughs> I should be finished perfect soon, have you murdered anyone no comment. Why? Why was there such a big hesitation? <laughs> is that a no? Is it a yes? Should we be calling the the authorities? I'm kidding. Um, but no I, I feel like that's university. No comment. My goodness, we can't keep that in here. I will. I will uh, say though that we have my friends and I have thrown around the idea of holding a back null. So um, you know, frolicking in the woods with wine. I don't know if that's legal or not around here. Probably not. But we have thrown that idea around. So if that ever happens, that will still be a no comment thing. But, you know. <laughs> my my city I've... had to make it legal to burn effigies on people's lawns. So you could do that in my city. Ooh. Like if you're interested. <laughs> but no murder. No murder. Murder no. bad. <laughs> Burning effigies totally okay in my city. Got it. Noted. Oh, Corey, we had to take it a little bit dark today. It's in the name. <laughs> of course. Now, we were talking before the podcast and basically decided that dark academia isn't actually a genre. Right. It's more about, it's the vibes. We're looking for vibes. I mean, it, I still, I say the dark academia genre, but I feel like I apply it to so many different books that it's just kind of a, it's a vibe. You get a vibe. <laughs> it's an aesthetic. It's an aesthetic, I, true. I completely agree. And I've only heard it being talked about in the last two years in the book community. Oh. Not to say that books, including those vibes, haven't been out for a much longer period of time. Or maybe it was just a little less popular than it is now. I think it went by different names. And the term dark academia came around, well, it became popularized maybe around when the pandemic started. That's when it kind of blew up. But before then, like we had like neoclassic, neo-gothic, we use those terms more or less. And then I, ha- I actually have no idea where the term came from, but yeah, it became dark academia. I feel like I've been using the term dark academia for years, but that's also because it's, it's my thing. <laughs> it's not that I've ever been involved in any sort of dark academia experience, but um, when it comes to books, I call it my comfort genre, as I was saying. So dark academia is, is, is what I want. It's what I want from a book. Probably 90% of the time. <laughs> now we need a t-shirt that says, like, like dark academia is my comfort genre. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. I'd wear it. For Teresa, it'll just say murder pause. Like, with a question. <laughs> no comment the, on the back. <laughs> murder? No comment. <laughs> I would wear that. I actually, I actually Googled the origins of dark academia. Okay. And Google came back and it just basically said, lol, there is none. 
okay. Google itself okay, said Google. that it was like an aesthetic or a vibe. So I feel like we could collectively blame Pinterest. I think it's Tumblr. Sure. It's the Tumblr girlies who started Dark Academia. Yeah, yeah. That, that checks out. I used to be one of those Tumblr girlies for sure. <laughs> Same. <laughs> In terms of history, you can find the quote-unquote origin of a lot of these stories kind of in the gothic fiction of the 18th mm-hmm. century because it was made popular by you know, those those authors like Mary Shelley but I'm not cool and very very smart and Teresa is so Teresa <laughs> where would you say that the origins of dark academia stem from well I think like as of right now there's been a lot of I've I read a lot about this kind of stuff just because I think it's really cool keeping up with these pop culture type of like discussions but um some people are calling dark academia uh, you know, mildly classist and problematic, which I do definitely agree there mm-hmm. is some truth to it, just because there it it stems from like this revival of these feelings of, of like, romanticizing the past, especially, um, you know, obviously academia. And academia is called the, the ivory tower for a reason, right? It's inaccessible, you know, to get in, you have to sacrifice a lot. When you're in, it's not impossible to get out, but again, getting out, it requires more sacrifice. And it just seems like academia is this thing that's kind of cloistered in its own little place and it's very pretentious and as someone who's like in grad school I do agree with those sentiments to like a certain extent I do see that a lot of uh, newer books in the dark academia genre and genre is in quotation marks um tackles those questions and I really appreciate that but as a whole I do think like this whole sentiment of having these revivals it like this isn't the first time it's happened like neoclassicism happened you know a while back and that was like a revival of like um interesting greek stuff romanticism itself is also like a revival we have neo-gothic genres all of those things like it happens every couple of years where there's like this movement towards people uh searching for things in the past to kind of bring back and as long as you're acknowledging that there is like problematic stuff in that i don't think it's a big deal and i do think as a genre um, as long as people are like subverting those problematic things and, you know, um, redefining things, it's a fun way to kind of take back that power, especially if you're part of, part of like a marginalized group. So there's my Absolutely. very uh, politically charged kind of definition <laughs> of the history. No, that's fantastic. I can think of the, I mean, the most recent book that I read that tackles that obviously is Babel by mm-hmm. Bar- R.F. Kong. And it tackles it in a really truthful way because it's own voice and it does not shy away from colonialism. Yeah. And I, I learned some things, but the gatekeeping of academia has been forever. Yep. And it's not going to change anytime soon. I'll be honest. So maybe romanticizing it is bad. A lot of the, the books that I enjoy within that genre though, actually take like the concept and kind of turn it on, turn it on its head. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I think the genre itself is also really self-aware too. It mocks itself. It's almost kind of campy in a very pretentious way. Like um, I'm thinking about uh, the secret history, for example. Every character in there is like, is not aware of things. But as you know, outsiders, we are aware of how the story is going. And it is yeah. like again, it's a very self-aware story. But because it's so self-aware, it kind of circles around into becoming not self-aware if that makes sense so you know it's a never-ending cycle yeah there's definitely like another one that kind of has seen like a huge spike in popularity over the past couple years especially online is Bunny by Mona Awad which is like 
such a bizarre read and is in get as like you were saying it's very self-aware of what it's doing it's not for everybody i'll tell you that <laughs> but it is just such if you're interested in the genre it is such a unique book to kind of um examine um for those reasons i really like the lighthearted ones i'm sorry teresa i'm sorry Corey. my favorite dark <laughs> academia book has got to be a deadly education yeah Naomi Novik and like that that book is very self-aware because yeah. obviously the main character is is telling you the whole time that the school is terrible yeah <laughs> there's nobody who wants yeah. to be there the school's actively trying to murder everyone <laughs> I find that like dark the- academia books with that supernatural aspect like supernatural monsters ghosts spirits etc those actually tend to be not more lighthearted necessarily but they tend to be more self-aware because you have you have an active manifestation of like anxieties of these things that they're trying to face so it becomes almost easier to digest whereas like more of the classic ones that are almost like magical realism less spiritually supernaturally inclined they're more hard to pinpoint and i think it like circles back to the classics in the genre like frankenstein by mary shelley right i think it harkens back to like that when I read that book, it never really occurred to me that it was dark acting, but it absolutely is. And it has that monster manifestation. And I think the genre has really kind of embraced that classic origin. Again, like same with Edgar Allan Poe and A Picture of Dorian Gray. Like they all have that kind of supernatural vibe to them and the kind of pretentiousness to them as well. The Picture of Dorian Gray specifically as well. Talk about self-awareness. Yeah. Yes, but it, it's self awareness in in the fact that you're completely running from yourself, and, and I like and that's another one the same themes these days, and that's another one that's like it's not traditionally academia in that book, but it ha- it shares the vibes, <laughs> it shares mm-hmm. the aesthetic um, for for what we kind of put in the dark academia category. I I embarrassed myself I feel with curation one time when I mentioned that it took me three attempts to get into Ninth House because I feel like <laughs> it was such a beloved book. It's so pretty slow, though. So. It's so boring. Yeah. And for the first 115 pages. See, I didn't find that at all. I was instantly no. hooked with my character. Yeah. And I cannot stand the main character. Really? Like, Alex is someone who I just don't want to know. And I don't know what it is. I, I don't think that there, <laughs> I've seen enough of a redemptive arc. But if you're somebody who really loves to hate to love f- characters, I think she's the character for you. I like Alex. I also just love that her name is Galaxy. I think that's awesome. I, I under, like, do I want to be her best friend? No. Am I interested in her story? Yes. She's just such a, like, a prickly polarizing character. I've seen, mm-hmm. like, people, like, fans on opposite sides of the spectrum, like, you, Jordan, who hates the character and people who really identify with her. And I'm just like, wait, hold up. If you identify with her, uh, <laughs> that's a little bit, but anyways, um, yeah. <laughs> I also think that Nine Test is something interesting that, again, kind of, because Alex isn't of the dark academia world. Like, it kind of, again, she gets thrust into this secret society world and didn't come from privilege and now has to navigate that, which was an interesting, interesting take on the genre. Whereas a lot of dark academia is kind of reflecting on something that happened years ago to these characters and having to revisit it and come to terms, whereas that's very much not the case here. I really, really, really enjoy the book despite not liking the main character. That's good. I think that that's, that's a good recommendation for the book. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Darlington, though, yes. 
Everybody loves Darlington. Let's get yes, yeah. I know. Darlington. <laughs> Let me be basic. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I was going to say, this is such a shallow comment, and I'm, like, a little bit ashamed to admit it, but, like, reading Hellbent was 60% motivated by Darlington. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Such a hot character. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you, and I think we're probably in the majority there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. That's good. <laughs> And then there's the kinds of Katie Roberts' recent books that have got to be like, is it going there? Oh, <laughs> I haven't. No. I think I. I think Not I've yet. only read one. I think I've only read one Katie Robert, and it wasn't Dark Academia. It's sure I not think. Dark Academia. Yeah. <laughs> amorous monsters. Monsters. Yes. <laughs> Jordan's favorite subject. One I of. I think I've read most of Katie Roberts' stuff actually. <laughs> I mean, it's very addictive. Yeah. No shade. Let's talk page to screen. Uh, um, what are, um, what are uh, everybody's favorite shows, movies, adjacent to the vibe? One of my all-time favorite... If you don't know me, I'm not a movie person or a TV person, so when Jordan proposed this question, I was like, uh... But one of my all-time favorite movies, and I've seen it several times, is The Dead Poet Society. It's just, it's just a perfect movie. It's such a great movie. Robin William, one of his best roles ever, in my opinion. I will forever... I own one DVD, and it's that DVD. Because you can't find it, as far as I can tell, on streaming services, which is annoying. I really wish now that I had watched or and or read Dead Poet Society. And I have not. <laughs> I have not read it because the novel is based on the movie, not the other way around. Oh, those are never good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm a bit scared. <laughs> But I do have one, actually, and this is, doesn't happen very often, but a movie I liked more than the book that Stark Academia was Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Ishiguro, which is a fabulous 80s Dark Academia dystopian read slash movie. But I actually liked the vibes of the movie better than the vibes of the book, which doesn't happen very often. The book is still really good, though. I haven't watched the movie, it, it but like, the, that book is superb. Yeah, Kazuo Ishiguro it, is like a classic. Yeah, he's very, yeah, both are really good, but watch the movie, Teresa, if you feel inclined, it has immaculate vibes. Oh my god, what I'm about to say is going to be the most basic thing you've heard in this podcast (laughs) I'm ready, I'm ready. I did actually really enjoy Cruel Intentions, but that's the only thing that I literally can remember from the dark academia genre that I've watched. The only thing I remember that movie is them doing drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Which says something about the genre itself. Exactly. Teresa, do you have any any? Here's a here's a basic answer that rivals yours, Jordan. Um, I consider Wednesday to be dark academia, just because of like the spooky vibes. It's like a very campy version of dark academia, but like there's a significant amount of the plot like uh, that surrounds like a mystery involving the school. So there's that. Um, and then for something slightly less campy, but I guess like still not as serious, is um a discovery of witches. The TV show totally counts. Yeah. Love that movie. Sorry, love the show. Love the books. Um, the shows are very dark. Harkness is Harkness is not basic though. There's is nothing it... basic about the writing. There really I mean, isn't. It's like a vampire romance, good. which inherently <laughs> makes it basic in my eyes. But um, it's it's a fantastic show. The books are even better, I'd arguably say. And I love. I love how the writing nails the writing and the show nails down that perfect like vibe 
especially like for this uh for the first book in season one where they're still like in i think it's yeah they're in oxford and um yeah i just that that tv show is just constantly in the background for when i do chores because i just i love it so much uh we also have some questions if we want to dig into those questions what dark academia books are you loving right now right now so i can if you want i can talk about a few that i've read within like the past month yes um, immediately i just read the god of endings by jacqueline holland um i just actually actually recommended this one to Teresa because i feel like it has the vibes teresa's looking for but it's like there is vampires reluctant immortality it's gruesome but it's beautiful it's historical dual timeline it's that and she's a teacher at a school it's actually like not as focused on the school setting but i would say it has the correct vibe so we're gonna put it there and then I also recently read I Have Some Questions for You by Rebecca Mackay, which is kind of a murder mystery one, kind of the classic in the genre where this person has grown up. It's been years since this murder happened and all of a sudden they're back at the school where the murder happened and maybe things weren't as solved as they thought they were. So edge of your seat, that one. Oh, The Honeys by Ryan LaSala. This one's YA and it's bizarre and has some supernatural elements to it. And it's about a group of girls called the Honeys who tend bees at their like summer academy. Um, and it's quite, it's very weird. Um, the main character is gender fluid, which is cool to see. And then I also read Assassin of Reality, which is the sequel to Vida Nostra, which is a uh, book in translation, translated from, I believe it's translated from Russian, but correct me if I'm wrong. And it's like involves throwing up coins in this very obscure school setting that there's a lot of death involved and so those are a few that I've read within the past about a month. Not bad. I'm trying to think of any I've read because I'll be really honest, I've been like binging fan fiction like crazy recently. And those are in the <laughs> dark fair. academia genre, but like I don't want to reveal my fan fiction like um, inclination. So, but yeah, if you're interested in like a fandom, there's bound to be dark academia a- AUs out there. And I know because I've written some of them and like a lot of people have too. So they're out there and they're really fun because you get to like, your favorite characters in a dark academia setting and watch them suffer but other than that i've been rereading um elizabeth kostova's the historian which is also like a it's it's called it is like a vampire novel but the vampires play less of a role and it's about um it's like a very historically based type of like mystery with um a little bit of horror and uh it's about you know letters that provide like links to the past stuff like that and it's a very fun novel to read if you are interested in history so that's my rec i read it years ago i just started reading it again it's pretty slow to get into but um <laughs> it's a fun book yeah what about you jordan so i've been reading like a lot of romance a lot of trash romance but i am very excited for september's book yeah because i got to read September's- it back in the spring and truthfully, I believe it's one of the mo- most solid YAs coming out this year. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. There's a lot of unique pieces to that as a dark academia book. The bonus content we got for this book made me cry. I haven't read the bonus content. I will send it to you. I I read it and I like sat down and cried for a little bit because like it was very, very powerful. But yeah, September's book, if you are interested in the genre, it is definitely like a must read, I think. We have other questions. Great. (laughs) 
This is going swimmingly. What What is your favorite place to read? Mine's pretty... I, I like reading either at a cafe or like a pub or on a patio at a restaurant somewhere or at a picnic table, picnic table in my yard. I want to be pretentious and say I read in museums and like, um, you know, <laughs> around the university. But in reality, I think I read a lot in my bed. <laughs> it's comfortable. That's I have fair. everything I need. It's warm. So, yeah. <laughs> I have to admit that I own the ebook from most physical books I own, and I will almost exclusively read the ebook in bed at like midnight. Same, that's me too. <laughs> See, I can't read it. I I can't read it in bed because I will not stop and not go to bed. <laughs> Fair is my problem. <laughs> I read until I pass out, and then the great thing about ebooks is that you don't have to remember where you stopped. True. So the phone falls on your face, you pass out, and it remembers for you. Perfect. I love technology. <laughs> Here's one. Are there any particular quotes from a dark academia book that have stuck with you? Um, this is one I should have prepped beforehand, but no. <laughs> I'm really bad at remembering quotes. Is that something you guys do? I do. I have one quote in my head, but it's not appropriate to say on the podcast. <laughs> okay. You can That's say it in Latin, right and there. That'll, that'll, we don't have to edit Latin out. Have you been here lately with me in this podcast for the last 29 minutes? Because do I come across as a great intellect to you, Teresa? <laughs> I don't know Latin. What's yours? Perfect. I just Googled and I found one that I like. And it's from If We Were Villains by M.L. Rio, which is a fantastic dark academia based on Shakespeare and murder. And that's what we like to see. But it says sleep crawled on top of me like an affectionate purring pet. <laughs> Love it. I think mine has to be Beauty is Terror from um, The Secret History. It, it is kind of yeah. pretentious as far as quotes go, but it's it's short and it gets to the point and it is, I just, I love it. It's classic. Yeah. Uh, is there a dark academia book with romance that you would recommend? I'm in before every, anybody else says it because I don't know any other. September's YA book. You need it. <laughs> Um, one that doesn't feature romance like immediately, and again, this is way leans more into like the fun side of Dark Academia, which uh, I think some people might prefer. But that's the Truly Devious series by Maureen Johnson is a fantastic YA series that I just love. And there is some romance in it. It's not based on the romance, but it has a ro a couple romances in it that I just like squee over. Um, <laughs> so the Truly Devious series is one of my all time. Uh, all-time favorite YA series ever, which says something. Trying to think about romance, and nothing is coming to mind, surprisingly enough, because I read so much romance. I think this isn't a romance, but um, for The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt, um, mm -hmm. I ship the main characters Theo and Boris hardcore, just because there is so much homoerotic <laughs> tension between the two. There's like that one part where Theo's talking to Boris after like they've separated for a long time. And minor spoiler alert, he he's like something he says something like, Yeah, I took like Russian 101 for you just so I could like remember <laughs> you. And I was like, Oh my god, that is so romantic. I hope they end up together. Spoiler alert, they don't. So um, <laughs> I think that's probably That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favorite dark academia middle grade or YA novel? I know you just said truly devious, which is a good one. Yeah. Do you have any other True. story? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think we'd be remiss if not we didn't mention Legendborn by Tracy Dion. Love Legendborn um, and Bloodmart. Definitely have, and it's, that one falls into like the uh, Knights of the Round Table vibes, which is 
in a modern setting, which is awesome. Love it. Um, as for middle grade, uh, Jordan and I just read 12th, which we talked about on the last podcast, and I think it fits into this genre just perfectly. I'm going to steal Corey's. I actually just started Legendborn. I have not read it yet. So I'm like three chapters in. I know, That's I know. Very good. But I, I have like a toppling TBR, and it's actually a very long book. So for a long quite, time, I was big, like yeah. a little hesitant to jump into it because I have to read a lot of other ones lately. And yeah, I'm enjoying <laughs> it. It grabbed me from the second page, yeah, which books rarely do. I mean, there is a lot of YA dark academia. I could keep going, but do you have any Teresa that you'd love? I think A Lesson in Vengeance is probably the one that pops into my head first. Um, I yes. it was one of the first books I read after being hired on to Owlcrate, so it has like a very special place in my heart. But also, that story is fascinating. There's there's so many like uh, mysterious bits to it, and there is like a murder. So <laughs> that's why I like there, it. There is. Yeah. Um. I also. Uh, Ace of Spades came out a couple of years ago. That one's really good. Uh, highly recommend. Why Ace comes to mind? I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's a ton of that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head. But uh, like Wilder Girls by Rory Power. That one kind of has the vibes. Uh, body horror in that one. <laughs> what about Girls with Sharp Sticks? Technically yes. a little dark academia, right? It has the sci-fi twist, which is great. I'm here for it. Which begs the question, paranormal dark academia or thriller academia, dark academia? Both mm. at once? Both yeah. at once. Okay. Same. <laughs> Extra I have, I have to say paranormal. A story's got to have like, the, it, it, I have to be able to sus- suspend my disbelief. Otherwise I get too creeped out. <laughs> and I'm that <laughs> person fair. who will run up the stairs thinking that there's something behind me if something's too scary. <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff that is scary yeah no, that's fair i i like both but i like both at once too for that one i think like catherine house by elizabeth thomas would be a good wreck i'm sure there's more wilder girls again comes to mind those are a couple of good ones i think uh what character from a dark academia novel would you team up with for a heist quest Ooh. oh my goodness uh <laughs> <laughs> do you what's it darlington I feel like I was going right. to say Darlington. Darlington, you know, obvious choice. He has, you know, he keeps cool and he's good in those types of situations. I also feel like he'd be like mildly like freaked out, like in that he's like, "Why are we heist? Why are we doing this?" Um, just because he is a snobby, pretentious rich boy. But at the same time, I feel like it'd be pretty fun just to like string him along and like make him witness all of this chaos because he can bail you out in the end. That yeah, that yeah. that's a really good answer. Um, my brain just because we were just talking about it was Brie from Legendborn, just because she's both a badass and like really cool and much cooler than me, and I feel like could hold my hand and make it work because <laughs> I wouldn't be good at that situation. I would be like the the funny sidekick that gets murdered like immediately in any <laughs> scenario. Yeah, at least I know like my that. brand. <laughs> And there you have it, Book Owls. We hope you enjoyed this dive into dark academia. From hidden corridors to whispered secrets, it's been an absolute blast exploring mysteries with you. As we wrap it up, we want to thank our listeners for joining us on our journey. Remember, if you have enjoyed what you heard, hit that subscribe button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And tune in next time as we take a bite out of vampiric fiction and co-host a spooktacular special of Lost in Plots with New York Times bestselling author Kendara Blake. 
And don't forget to join The Nest. It's Allocrate's free-to-anyone app made for readers by readers. Take part in reading challenges, catch live author chats, or even listen to Lost in Plots. It's all right there, and it's free at thenest.allocrate.com or in your app store. Teresa, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you had a good time discussing Dark Academia books with you, um, and we can't see wait to see what you curate next. Thank you. It's been fun. Right, bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.